coming. We got JR Takes first ever video episode coming at you guys. Just uh, what, 10 days before the draft? And uh, yeah. got a lot of stuff going on in the Seattle sports world. Um, We've got uh, the Seattle Kraken making their first playoff run, and uh, we've also got the Mariners back at 500. Mm -hmm. Quite a bit of draft capital on the horizon for the Seahawks. Yeah, biggest draft in, I think, the whole time I've been a Seahawks fan. So since 2005, I'd say this is like the most, the biggest opportunity we've ever had with the draft. Yeah, and uh, real quick before we get into it, um, obviously we had a couple technical difficulties last week. we planned a little bit better now and we've got things up and running. So should be a lot of fun. We expect to be doing this, uh, going video forward. episode from here on out. Uh, yeah, hopefully this one works better, but <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're pretty much going to be going over, uh, like we just mentioned, Kraken Mariners, and then we'll round things out. Ryan and I did a first round mock draft of the all 31 NFL teams because yeah. the Dolphins are stupid. They blew and it. And they blew it. Wasn't that over Tom Brady too or something? Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like the the Dolphins should be embarrassed. The, yeah. The, Imagine what that first round pick could do for them now that they like the, two is good. And well, have, Brady yeah. beat the Dolphins for two decades and then he <laughs> got them a draft pick lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I'm happy I'm not a Dolphins fan. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll just uh, get right into this. So the Kraken, uh, not going to lie, I've been quite the bandwagon fan over this past month. It's just. I did watch like five minutes of a game two days ago. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I probably over the past two, three weeks, I've been willing to actually flip the game on more frequently than not because I know, okay, we've. We were probably a game away from clinching or around that time period when I started to invest a little bit more time in it. And it's just it's just kind of interesting because we I mean, we never had hockey growing up. Yeah. So it's just it's like learning a brand new sport. And I mean, it, it it's fun. I, I, I have yeah, some- I feel like in Seattle for hockey for a long time, it was like you kind of rooted for the Canucks a little bit because Vancouver's close and their mm-hmm. colors were like almost sea hockey, Seattle-y. Yeah. Um, but that was the only reason really was just proximity and familiarity, I guess. Right. And uh, but I'm I'm really looking forward to the, the playoffs. It's a seven game series. So, I mean, that should be fun. Seven game series each round uh, gives yeah. us a lot of hockey to watch uh, keeps us entertained i i don't know if our chances are so good in advancing to the next round because we're playing the colorado avalanche who won the stanley cup last year oh shit and they beat the tampa bay lightning who was going on a three-peat so i don't really know if that is exactly uh the best hand to be dealt in your first ever playoff appearance but you know uh we have a winning record against them in the regular season so We'll yeah, see. and I mean, I think Seattle as a uh, city in sports has a pretty decent track record against the defending champs in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. the Saints. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Yeah. So that's exciting. Fingers crossed there. Um, and man, this is the first time that three major Seattle sports teams have all made the playoffs within one calendar year, you know? Isn't that crazy just because, well, we didn't have a hockey team. So that's pretty cool. And then the Mariners were the longest playoff drought in 
American sports history. Yeah. So, and rewind a year ago, we had just traded Russell Wilson, let Bobby Wagner go, and it looked like that. We were in rebuild. And I was hearing that we were going to get sold and maybe moved. Like, yeah. Yeah. So fast forward the clock a whole 12 months, and it's like we've never been in a better position than we are right now yeah. for Se- as a Seattle sports fan or as a Seattle sports uh, analysts, I'll call us. Um, <laughs> hey, we, we've kept this going for more than a, a year now. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so Kraken, we're really hoping first playoff games tomorrow night. I unfortunately will not be watching it be- because I'm going to the Muse concert. We talked about that. That's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, moving on to the Seattle Mariners. They're currently playing right now i think they're losing 3-1 but um are they back to 500 now eight and eight eight and eight yes nice. uh it's crazy s- that used to be a whole football season and we're like two and a half weeks into the baseball season <laughs> yeah <laughs> well obviously pretty small sample size uh you had a lot of people um mariner fans you know acting like the sky was falling which honestly i saw a lot of melodrama on twitter about it i i gotta say like i've experienced some tough times as a fan and i was not worried at all like compared to last year we literally had to win we had to win 14 games in a row to like be relevant again and if we can (laughs) do that like to even i think i think we were like nine games over 500 by the end of that uh stretch but it it was still like we had to do something so unreasonable to make it to 90 games that we accomplished that. So after seeing that, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to let this team do its thing. I'm going to just not bitch about it. Kind of like the Seahawks last year. Yeah. When we going into that season, it was like, I don't know. I mean, we traded everything away and we had, now we have Geno Smith leading the, the squad. Like, but I mean... I'm satisfied with the result, so I'm just going to learn. I've learned to be patient, uh, if anything, 2022 has taught me as a Seattle sports fan. Yeah, and if there's anything I've learned in the last year paying more attention to baseball is it's it's so much more of a stretch, and you really can't be as like reactive to what you're seeing as you can. Because in a football game, every play, every snap, every game matters so much because there's so few of them. Right. But in baseball, it seems like it's really more just about building that consistency. And, you know, as long as the process is good in uh, how your team is performing, it's like even if you drop a few games here and there, you know, it's not the end of the world. It, it, it really is like looking at things big picture wise as opposed to the small sample size like a football game gives you. Yeah. You know, you only have 16, 17, well, now 17 tries um, per season. But with baseball, it's that times 10. Yeah. And so really, it's just a lot more of a grind. You have to be mentally... You can't let you can't let the failures get to you. And that's why a lot of people don't pan out is because that's, believe it or not, a really hard thing to do. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which leads me to uh, a guy I wanted to talk about this week. Jared Kelenic. He his first two seasons up with the team struggled, struggled mightily. He there were many moments where I was not really sure if he was going to pan out. Uh, We got. We traded Robinson Cano and uh, Edwin, right. Edwin Diaz, who is currently one of the best closers in the game. Uh, we got Kellenic and a couple other pieces in that deal, uh, but Kellenic was supposed to be the piece. And, you know, 
I I wasn't I I gotta admit I wasn't really sure going into this year if he was going to figure it out. And again, we're only sixteen games in, but the guy is playing out of his mind. He's yeah. Hit slugging percentage, he is or yeah, slugging second in the league and OPS on base plus slugging. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with no, I don't know what that means. So s- slugging is first, second, third, four, uh, and home runs all added up, divided by your at-bats. Oh, okay. So that's slugging. So it's basically taking into account all of your extra base hits and then divides it by your at-bats. And it comes up with a number. And right now, Jared Kellenix is the second best in baseball. Damn. Which is insane because he got sent down to AAA so many times because of you know getting called up and then he failed to he went over 30 something Jeez. and then gets sent back down so it's just really awesome it reminded me a lot of geno smith i know it's a lot i know he's a lot earlier in his career um whereas geno took him a full decade to finally figure out you know and get comfortable in his shoes but it's really awesome seeing how horribly kellenick struggled his first two years and now he's our best player yeah, isn't that insane? Because, I mean, everyone's, you know, talking about Julio all offseason. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, he's like he's still a great player and doing fine. But, I mean, right now, Kalanick is the superstar of the team. Well, and it's just so funny because I was, I was looking at all the, the stats across the board this morning. And Julio, I think, is 16th highest in the league in strikeouts this year. Ooh. Where, But, again, only 16 games in. But it's like you look at Kalanick. Uh, OPS, which is on base percentage. So it's basically slugging plus your walks uh, and your reached on errors. Okay. So it's like just getting on base at all. Does No explanation. So on base plus slugging and his is the fourth highest in the league, which is crazy because he struck out. His strikeout rate was insane last year, like high. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's good that he's brought that down and, you know, come back come back to you know winning the fans over yeah uh yeah um super excited castillo had a perfect game going into the seventh on sunday uh and then of course kellenick being the only guy to drive in the run and make the game winning catch that it you you just it it's it's uh it's a great thing to see you know it brings a lot of promise to to our team and the potential with all this young talent around us and yeah, I mean, I again, I'm I'm not the big baseball guy knowledge-wise, but it seems like the Mariners have really just trusted this rebuild with a young core and it's finally starting to pay dividends. Mm-hmm. And now they have a playoff appearance to build off of and, you know, the Astros are playing like shit right now. It's early. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's early, but you know, the it looks like at least, you know, this snapshot taken right now, it looks like the AL West is within reason this year. It's it's within play. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have the teams like the Angels. They kind of scare me. Teams like the Rangers, they made a lot of offseason acquisitions. And, of course, the Angels have Shohei and Mikey T. I'm but, so fucking sick of him. <laughs> but I just feel like the Angels are going to angel and Trout's going to hurt his lower back and no one is going to, like do anything besides Shohei Otani on that roster. And so they'll probably win like 75 games and be out of the playoff race by, I don't know, early August. 
You love to see it. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much all I had on the baseball conversation. Uh, we can go ahead and move on to the main event, Ryan and I's first round mock draft in which we took command of basically the end. We were pretty much just... We were the GM GMs. of all... I mean, technically it's not all 32 teams because the Dolphins are gone. A couple teams are in there twice, but mm-hmm. you get the idea. Yeah, and uh, one thing I just have to admit before we get going on this... I tried to go in not biased, not Seahawks biased, but the trade I made at pick 20, you'll understand why my mock draft is probably not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, it, the trades, I will say the simulator I used, it was not like I could just trade whoever I wanted. Like I had to work for trades. Yeah. So they at least try to make it realistic. Yeah. The yeah. one I did, I didn't do any trades just cause like I just, obviously they're going to happen, but it's so hard to predict where they're going to happen. It's I just, just, it's easier to not, especially if I don't know if I kind of made my trades taking into account if we're going to be doing a round two and three later on, I want to go off of decisions I made in the first round. That so that's why sense. I only made two trades cause I don't want to get it all complicated and all over the place yeah but uh anyway do you want to just jump right in and give us your first round selection or or how do you how do you want to do this exactly let's just go ahead and get started uh so with the first pick with the carolina panthers um this just as we're getting closer and closer to the draft it just seems a little more obvious to me that this is going to happen that bryce young is going to go number one overall which is wild because, you know, the, the speculation and conversation surrounding that this whole time has been how he's just so tiny mm-hmm. and how they, you know, pumped him full of Wendy's Frosties at the combine so he could weigh over 200 pounds kind of thing. <laughs> like whatever they had to do to make it work. But, you know, when it comes down to it, he's just he's just simply the best quarterback in this class. You know, were he my size, there'd be no question about him well, being the number one overall pick. I keep hearing all these rumors about, or not rumors, but objectively true statements about how he excelled the most uh, from the reaction tests. That they, they basically oh, yeah. what it is is like they they make you identify images, like, and you try to do it as fast as you can. Uh, apparently, like Joe Burrow was really good at it. Mahomes mm-hmm. now Bryce Young, and Bryce Young. Uh, I believe I saw it in an interview with um, Steve Smith on the Carolina Panthers because okay. they were talking about, you know, speculation of Bryce or CJ. And I do think it's the, close for the, the record. Fi- but well, yeah. the physical gifts are there for CJ and not as much for Bryce. Uh, apparently, the the wor- the rumor mill is that Bryce is the, the decision maker yeah. of the two. Well, and so. also... I- I just saw today that Bryce Young canceled all his remaining pre-draft visits. So he's going one or two, like there's just no other option for him. Right. He's going top two. And I I just think he's going to be number one. Who do you have going number one? Uh, I got CJ Stroud. Um, Oh, okay. And that's just because, uh, again, uh, maybe Mel, this might be Mel Kuyper's fault a little bit, but ever since I heard about Frank Reich, liking uh bigger quarterbacks i just i don't know he was the coach at indy for a couple years and never that's right never got like his prodigy you know his Mm. quarterback that he got to draft it was always like philip rivers carson wentz uh 
I don't even remember Jacoby Brissett. Like, yeah, he's a big guy too. But uh, point being is, uh, it was just like plug in this quarterback here, and then following season, plug in insert here, and like you know what I mean. So it's yeah. just like I, I just. That that logic makes sense to me. C.J. Stroud going number one to Carolina. It makes perfect sense to me too, and I could totally see it happening. Um, the reason why I did this mock is um, I a it seems to me like this might happen, and b I also think it might throw some chaos into the top five, as you'll see here as we get going. Yeah, I'm surprised by your picks. But yeah, we'll get into that. Well, in a second. I've done so many of these things, and it's always one or two. Bryce and C.J. C.J. and Bryce. I'm just like fuck it, like you know. Let's let's make this a little more interesting. Right. Um, so I have the Houston Texans and I know this is probably one of the bigger surprising picks I had in my mock. Um, I have them taking Will Anderson at number two. And the reason I kind of did this as a what would I do if I were this team? That was sort of my uh, mentality going into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it makes all the sense in the world for them to just take whoever their favorite quarterback is at this point. But from another standpoint, that team is just fucking bad. And they're going to be bad this year, too. So why not take, you know, the safest? I know this is what people said about Aaron Curry, but the safest defensive pick in the draft in Will Anderson. And just, you know, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coordinator by uh, upbringing, mm-hmm. their new head coach. And he's probably, you know, he's trying to build a culture there in Houston. And that's an organization that's been beyond a dumpster fire for years now. So they really started from scratch. They had a pretty good start to it last year with getting Derek Stingley Jr. Um, More on that later. Did they have another first round pick last year? I can't remember. I want to say yes. I can't remember who their other pick was, but there's some pieces there in Houston. They're just still such a bad team. And I look at it. They already got a quarterback on a rookie contract who's played Davis. He's not good, but he showed that he can, he was not going to like flat out lose you games. You know, he's just yeah. never, he's a game manager, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I say roll with Davis for another year, go five and 13 or five and 12 or four and 13. And dude, then next year, Caleb Williams or Drake may who a lot of people, I know, I feel like we say this every fucking year, but Caleb Williams is a, would be the number one pick in this draft for sure. And if they have to trade up for him next year to get him, like just do it. And I, I think they're, I think they're in a good spot to do that. So that's, that was kind of my logic in doing this is just, I know it sucks for fans of the Houston Texans mm-hmm. now, but if you just punt on 2023 and just try to build the pieces that you have, cause I mean, they don't have a lot of them, but right. just get these, these young guys, this young core, you're building some experience and get the QB next year. Yeah. I mean that i I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, my pick would say otherwise, but you got uh, Bryce probably, but I, all of that makes sense. Uh, yeah. That being said, yeah, I just went with Bryce because he, like if he somehow fell to Seattle at number five, like that would be my favorite. Like I would have, that would be my happiest choice. If we somehow wound up with Bryce young, that would be just insane but um that's just not gonna happen he's gonna go to houston at number two because because i mean he'd have to go out he'd have to get past the colts too it's like and that's just not gonna happen yeah or i mean unless for some reason i could see a dream scenario where he doesn't get taken one or two and then we trade up to get him at three but i don't know why arizona would trade 
So, yeah, I just I don't see that happening. Uh, I see Bryce going number three and then uh, we'll just yeah, do you, like a little snake thing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so and then number three, I have Will Anderson going to the Cardinals. Uh, just kind of a uh, the Cardinals. They don't want that pick. I keep hearing all this and that and the other about them trying to trade that pick. And I think being in a situation like that where you're like, oh, we don't want this pick, but we know like like. Uh, we're kind of the ball's not in our court because we're trying to pawn it off to someone. So, so it's like asking for all this capital for the third pick. It's like good luck. And so I, I kind of feel like the pick to correlate a situation like that is a guy with a high floor. And that is Will Anderson. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, Will Anderson to me, like I, I think he's immediately going to be a productive player. Um, probably a pro bowl player eventually, but I think he's going to be kind of a test of like, how elite can a player in today's NFL be as a pass rusher without having top tier athletic measurables? Cause mm-hmm. he has good, like he's very solid across the board athletically and super productive, but you just got to wonder, you know, when everyone's bigger, stronger, faster and smarter, like, is it going to translate? We'll see. I think it will, but that's how kind of my, my take on Will Anderson. Um, another, so I really kind of just tried to spice it up a little bit. This draft yeah. I have, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois going number three overall to the Cardinals. Um, I just think that there's a lot more buzz about this guy than maybe the media is, is letting on. I know we as the Seahawks are really interested in him as well. I mean, we're, we're flying him out for a top 30 visit this week. I believe that's kind of surprising. Cause he's only what? Five eleven, dude. But have you watched his tape? No, uh, no, I have not. He, he's only he's like five eleven, five ten, not long arms, and he's one hundred eighty pounds. He fucking hits like Cam Chancellor. It makes no sense. Like he rocks people. He he totally would have fit in with like the Legion of Boom guys. And um, he's a guy like if we ended up picking him at number five, I don't think that's being talked about much at all. But like I wouldn't be mad. I think it would be really exciting. Um, but the thing is, I think the Cardinals here. Uh, it's kind of like. Trade down, take Tyree Wilson or take Jalen Carter. Um, I think the Cardinals are in a similar situation to the Texans where they got a new head coach and they're trying to build a new culture. I think they're going to look at the off the field concerns with Jalen Carter and be terrified by him. Mm -hmm. Um, Just given that, I mean, you think Gannon, the guy that posted that, What's up? It's your coach. Let's have some fun. You think he's going to get the best out of Jalen Carter? (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, and just going off of that, look at the look at the dumpster fire that they have found themselves in. Oh, do you think they want to bring Jalen Carter into that? No, no. I Why mean, would they do that? That I mean, makes no sense. A lot has come out about how their ownership and their facility is like dog shit compared to the rest of the league. And they make their players season. pay for their meals. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's not the environment you want someone with like no. you know a little bit of maturity issues going into. And exactly. I mean, maybe they'll be so dumb that they do blow this for everyone and take him. But I think, um, you know, it's a franchise that hasn't been afraid to take a quarter corner super high in the past. And Patrick Peterson, um, I just think, you know, there's more uh, love for this Devin Witherspoon guy in the NFL GM world than maybe we're hearing about. And then for the number four overall pick, uh, we have a situation where the Colts are just elated at how this has worked out because they're going to take cj stroud at number four and i'm to me if i were a gm of the colts and 
this situation happened, it'd be the easiest decision you could think of because they've been probably thinking this whole time it's going to be Levis or Richardson that they got to choose between, both of which have tremendous athletic upside. But, you know, raw, they uh, CJ will beat out Gardner Minshew. You know, I like Minshew, but CJ is a much better player than him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my top four so far. Yeah, I like I like that CJ Stroud pick. I I could see him. I could see this scenario honestly happening cuz I had a lot of mocks where the Cardinals took a corner. Christian Gonzalez was a really popular I meant uh, to say I AI thought I picked there. Yeah. I thought about Tyree Tyree Wilson at 3-2, but to me that's just A that's such a reach and B I don't like I mean the Cardinals run a 3-4 defense as well and I feel like I, to me, Tyree Wilson is a pure four-three defensive end. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm especially his size yeah, kind of exactly. doesn't really go along with the three-four. Well, it's it's the exact reason why we let Carlos Dunlap go because he's basically the same size as mm-hmm. Tyree. Like they're they have very similar builds and like weight and everything. So, anyways, yeah. At at number four, I got the freak of nature at quarterback going to the Colts. Um, nice, Anthony Richardson. He's just going to be available, and the Colts are going to be salivating over it, and they're going to take him. That would actually be fun because uh, theoretically you'd think that Minshew's starting off at the beginning of the season. As much as I would like to see Minshew get his shot as a start because he deserves it, Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. And who knows? Maybe he will win the job against Anthony Richardson. Like, I don't think he will, but... Maybe Anthony Richardson isn't as ready as, you know, we expect him to be. I kind of like Malik Willis, sort of. I think, I mean, remember Mahomes, he sat his rookie year Mm -hmm. behind Alex Smith. I think that's what, at the least, what you need with Richardson, because, like, the guy played one, it's like Trey Lance, he played one season of college football. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like he and you could even make the argument that you do need to play him right away because like he needs to learn how to fucking play football. Yeah. <laughs> like but so I, I could kind of see either side of it. But I just feel like if you throw Richardson out week one, like you could really hurt his confidence as a young. He's not even 21 yet. He's super young. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll be 21 like before the season starts. But anyways. Yeah. And then number five, I got my like. I really hope this happens. I I have his taken Jalen Carter and main reason, um, I don't really like if 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 the draft is a gamble, everything's a crapshoot, and you know you're you're putting all your eggs in a basket of you know pros and cons for this guy, and he checks these boxes, but these are a little bit of a concern. Wouldn't you want the player that has the highest ceiling? Like, yeah, I understand that the character concerns are there, but hello, have you seen? what our culture is and how it has been built over the past. And have decade? you seen Jalen Carter's tape? It's silly. What he, he just throws division one athletes in the sec on the ground. Like they're us. Well, <laughs> like, and I've just been, he's a monster. I've just been the more and more I've been thinking about like the whole him showing up to, uh, his pro day nine pounds overweight. That's, I don't really think that that's that concerning given his personal situation he was in and like, also his build he's giant like he could probably gain nine pounds in a weekend yeah and uh, exactly <laughs> a, a bigger guys like him like 
gain weight and shit like it 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 comes and go, it comes and goes it's yeah. not like you and me where we're i mean we're just a different body type than that so yeah. it just doesn't work like that but yeah uh carter i'm going him at number five and i'm not losing sleep over it well that's a really a controversial take there jonah and i completely agree with you i, <laughs> I actually i'm just not only do i want this to happen but i'm just convinced it's going to happen at this point i think the only way it doesn't happen is if the cardinals fuck it up for us or somehow i don't know the texans take him at two which that would be shocking but well I, the reason why i just think that this is going to happen too is because for weeks there we were just not no one was talking about carter to the to the seahawks like yeah we weren't talking about drafting him and then we bam, flew him bam out. it's three weeks to the draft time and now the buzz is jalen carter so it's like yeah you could my whole thing this whole time has been like Pete and John are playing this whole mind game where they're taking selfies with the quarterbacks, but really their crosshairs are on Jalen Carter and they're just trying to not say anything about him. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, well, now we're close enough to the draft. We have to fly. We have to talk to him. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I do think your cards have been, if if it plays out to where like, Let's say Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and Jalen Carter are all gone by the time we pick at five. I really wouldn't rule out us taking Richardson there. Like, if if Carter and Anderson are gone. Yeah. I gotta no, say... I, I hope that happens. I think if we take Tyree Wilson, that is one of the only things we could do that would just have me, like, utterly deflated. Not because I think... I think Tyree Wilson is going to be a good player. But at, like, pick 10. Like... This guy is not a top five in an NFL draft type of talent, mm -hmm. frankly. So that's just my quick aside about him. I don't think he's a bad player. But uh, moving on to number six, um, I had the Lions taking Anthony Richardson. And okay. I'm not the only one who thinks this may have a I've possibility seen that in a to happen. Because uh, I think this is a situation that would be really good for Richardson because he's, he's going to go to a good team that already has a lot of weapons mm -hmm. and he can sit behind Goff for at least a year. You know, that bridge situation that I was just talking about with him. And um, it would also just be like, think about it. When is there's never been a time where the lions have had a like uber athletic, like crazy, huge, exciting quarterback with a missile arm. I mean, Stafford had a Stafford, good arm, but, but he's not, you he know, was never like he always kind of looked a little like he had some cushion on him. A you know pudgy I mean? boy. Yeah. 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 He had a fucked up arm, though, back in the day. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. No, that would be I would be super excited for the Lions. I, however, have the Lions addressing their needs on defense, specifically their secondary after getting rid of Akuda. Oh, and yeah. They're taking Christian Gonzalez at number mm. six. I could see that. Um, and I actually have a really, I have a fun pick I made later on for the Lions. We'll get into that when we get there. But I think the Lions are going to be uh, addressing a lot of defensive needs in this draft in particular because their offense is crazy. Their yeah. offense is already good. Granted, they lost Chark. Um, he was a pretty underrated player on their team. He I was. only know that because I had him on my fantasy team and Every time I like had to start him, he went off. So I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, yeah, their, their passing good. offense was legit last year. Yeah, yeah, Jared Goff. I mean, I was questioning like CJ Stroud, Jared Goff comparisons, but like looking at Jared Goff's numbers, 
I'm like, oh, he's not the moron he was in L.A. Yeah, he's 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 grown up a lot as a quarterback, I think. He's actually one of the better in the NFC right now, I would say. I I would agree with that. Um, And then, so moving on from Detroit, I got... The Raiders, this was purely um, just going off of team need because uh, the Raiders need so many things. <laughs> but uh, I went offensive tackle Paris Johnson. Um, they need offensive line help. There you go. You get <laughs> you get arguably the best tackle in the draft. Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, I had them going uh, quarterback and Will Levis. Okay. Um, I... I could see them passing on a quarterback this year, but I just feel like, you know, Jimmy G is like obviously a stopgap. And mm-hmm. again, like Levis, even though he's older, he's another guy that would benefit from just sitting for a year. Um, I don't love Levis as a prospect, but I do acknowledge, like I, I get why this guy is going to be likely an early first round pick in the NFL. Yeah. It, yeah. it I, I can see that. And then I think, yeah, number eight, the Falcons, I had a pick here that I don't think I've seen this one around a lot, Ooh, but the thing is, so they, I like that pick. They got, um, what's his name? Ritter last year. And he didn't look hopeless out there in his rookie season. He looked a lot better than Malik Willis at the least. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, let's, let's give Ritter a chance, a prove it year. You, you spent a third round pick on him. Let's see what he can do. You know, he's a very mature mm-hmm. kid. He's got some good athleticism decent arm you already have the huge freak tight end in pits you just spent a first round pick last year on the guy from usc what's his name uh drake london yeah drake london let's just make that offense even the more dangerous like they were back in the day they kind of are just recopying pasting their blueprints for 2007 yeah (laughs) they're like roddy white julio jones matt ryan tony gonzalez yes there you go now they're like i think that's part of why i did this too but i had them taking jack jackson smith and jigba here i could Um, see them doing that again though they already kind of are they already did it last year and that was kind of why i took them to take drake london and they did so i think you're on to something here and i think if they did this they would really have one of the like scarier pass catching uh trios in the league it yeah. just if you're just purely going off of like potential and talent i know none of these guys have really proven that they're an elite nfl player yet but i think a lot of that has been you know marcus mariota throwing ducks and yeah. like rolling on the ground <laughs> and throwing interceptions so they're not dealing with that anymore and who knows what they have in ritter but i don't I think there might be something in Ritter. I don't think he's ever going to be a top 10 kind of guy, but right. um, there I might agree. Be something. I would agree with that, uh, that take. Um, for me, I have the Falcons taking Edge, Tyree Wilson. Um, I, yeah, I, can I see just, that as well. I just think the Falcons, when was the last time they had a good defense? Like, they didn't even like really have a good 2016, defense. It was decent. Barely. Yeah. Like, and that was when they went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I, have them drafted a defensive guy last year at eight they won offense this year different story uh and then it was also a, a team need i believe for yeah. for the falcons and then number nine this was my first pick where i was like let's 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 get interesting here Bijan going to the bears oh yep Bijan is and go- running back selection yep. i love it so Bijan is going to be going to chicago and uh he's going to be a new offensive weapon to 
help out Justin Fields, little sad boy Justin Fields, may have just may have just peaked a smile. <laughs> what are we thinking there? Uh, yeah, no, Justin Fields, uh, he's going to have another weapon to throw to, uh, dump the ball off, and yeah. to go along with DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and uh, Mooney? Darnell Mooney. Yeah. So, honestly, I'm kind of like... Cole Komet's not a bad tight end. Cole Komet, I forgot about him. He's... I tried to trade for him because I kind of like Cole Komet. Yeah. I didn't get him, but... Um, I think he's had a little bit of injury history, but beyond that, like, he's a really talented tight end. He's pretty young, though. Like, he's, he's not... only, like, 24 or yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but I guy. do like... I mean, the Bears play in that cold weather up there. They... Dude, the read their, tra- their track record, when they have a good running back, they're kind of a scary team. Remember when Leonard... Or Matt Forte was... Oh, Yeah. Was Him like Cutler, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I, I just think like think about how hard the read option is going to be to defend with Bijan and Justin, and Justin Fields. Fields. Like, good and they have luck. what's his name? Uh, didn't they get another running back? I don't remember his name. Um, they signed someone oh, in free uh, agency. Um, it's like solid Foreman from the yeah, Panthers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I actually like I haven't really thought about that one too much, but that would be. The Bears would be immediately pretty formidable. They they already had a decent offense last year. If I'm the GM for Chicago, I'm drafting him for the reason of we haven't had a good offense in a ten years. Like I, the Bears need a spark on, and they ha- in they their have organization. Of, they have a ton of other draft picks in this draft too. They wasted maybe one of the made one of the worst decisions ever in drafting Mitchell Trubisky over Ooh. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So it's like I always forget about that. The Bears they need this pick. They need to you know reach pick, but they need this pick. They're going I don't Bichon even think it's a nine. reach. I think Bijan. I'm only saying that because it's running back at yeah. number in the top ten. That's I'm the only saying, reason I'm, I'm saying on your it. side here. I think Bijan is fucking special. Like you could have the next LT here. Mm-hmm. I think he's that good. Um, I had the Bears a little more boring of a pick. Um, <laughs> I had him taking Peter Skaronsky, uh tackle could play guard potentially. Um, I just think they fields just need some help, you right. know, and part of that help is building up that offensive line. So pretty simple. Didn't put a whole bunch of thought into this one. I, um, or I thought about getting, getting them uh, in Jigba, but um, I just, you know, thought let's build up the trenches here. And then with pick 10, I had Tyree Wilson going to the Eagles. Makes it, sense. This is probably about as low Tyree as you'll see Tyree Wilson go, but Man, uh, the the Eagles lost a little bit of help on the defensive line in this offseason, and I just think this would help put some juice back into it and just give them an, another weapon back there. Yeah, so I also went edge rusher for Philly, except mine is the guy coming out of Clemson, Miles Murphy. Oh, okay. Um, and this was just, he was the best available edge rusher left. Um, Eagles let a lot of their defensive front walk um he had, oh wait sorry go ahead i was uh, thinking of the wrong team okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i just think the eagles are going to reinstill beefing up that defense because that's what got them there yeah um, i i i really just think that that's what they're gonna do i don't know exactly who it's gonna be but i would only, i would bet that with one of their first round picks at least they're taking uh defensive linemen yeah, and then uh, my next pick, I went 
Uh, kind of boring as well. Trench pick. Uh, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. The We're going to get some offensive linemen listening to us just pissed at us for <laughs> disrespecting them, <laughs> saying they're boring. Uh, I mean, I hey, I was stoked with the Charles Cross pick. Well, yeah, I was I was happy with it after Eventually, the fact. I yeah. was mad that whole... I was in a weird state of mind that entire draft. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I got the Titans going offensive tackle here. Look, they need... They honestly, I think they just need to rebuild. And I think they should blow it up. They Derrick Henry's going to break soon. Yeah, Tannehill is I, Tannehill. Their window of their championship window, believe it or not, was the year they went nine and seven and almost snuck their way into the Super Bowl. I agree. I think that was the best version of these Titans teams that we've watched the last four years. They were just, you know, they kind of played with a chip on their shoulder. They had a lot of losses, but they were a scary team to face because they just would run Derrick Henry down your throat. And I mean, Marshawn said it best, like. You don't want to hit someone that's just coming at you over and over and over and over and yeah. over and over and over again. So Yeah, I mean, we watched that work to fucking majesty with Lynch and Wilson back in the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we watched Derrick Henry run all over us in 2021 in a horrible loss, like where yeah. we just couldn't physically stop the guy. Yeah, it's like it's one thing when you can game plan to to defeat a team, but when you physically just cannot stop them. <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> you, you can't do anything. So but, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, you're up there. next at... Uh... Yeah, so number 11 at the Titans, I had them taking Quentin Johnston. Um, I don't know. I just I just kind of feel like they're very, like, in... They're, they're in dire need of weapons. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they drafted Traylon Burks. Honestly, I don't even know who else they have on on receivers beyond that. Do you? I don't either. That's why... That's why that's I picked him. That's a good him. choice. Because... <laughs> I think um, in their offense, Traylon Burks will be the wide receiver one because I think Quentin Johnston can be a really good wide receiver too, kind of like a Mike Williams to a, um, what's his name, Evans, or not Evans. Uh, uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a good place for him to end up, just kind of play like Robin to someone's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could help, you know, make them at least a little more interesting. And then number 12 this is probably a lot lower than he'll end up going. Um, but Christian Gonzalez to the Texans here. If he falls this far and the Texans get a chance to get him and Will Anderson, that'd be pretty crazy. Because you pair him with Derek Stingley and you have Will Anderson playing edge outside linebacker. Like all of a sudden that Texans defense, it's it's a little more formidable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I it's definitely they're either gonna go quarterback or they're gonna bo- bolster up that defense. And, yeah, I mean, you you went with the latter on that one, which I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if that's the the path they went down. For me, uh, Texans at number twelve, I went JSN. I think uh, they're gonna be in dire need of a receiver. And that's kind of interesting. So you have Bryce Young throwing to CJ's old receiver. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to need they're going to need to give Bryce a weapon right off the get go. Uh, and it's going to be the best receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then at number f- 13, we've got. Oh, yeah. 13 for the Jets. Again, um, I made this pick with the intention of trading for Rodgers in the second round as a, as the jets mm-hmm. um so i took an offensive tackle uh 
I went uh, yeah, Peter Skoronsky. Um, okay. And that's just, you know, uh, he was the best tackle available, probably, of remaining tackles to be taken in the first round. So I took him for the Jets, and he will help protect Aaron Rodgers. In well, the if they can season. ever fucking get this trade going. That, that's why <laughs> I, I know. That's why I'm going to make the trade happen during my mock draft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I completely agree with your analysis there because I also have them taking a tackle. Mm-hmm. I have them taking Paris Johnson Jr. Um, kind of this same situation, the way the board played out for me. He was the best available tackle. Yeah. Um, they just, you know, they're pretty solid in a lot of positions, especially assuming Brees Hall comes back to full health. So mm-hmm. I feel like bolstering that offensive line just makes sense. Defense is already good and it's already pretty young. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then at 14, the Patriots, I kind of had to think about this one for a while. I almost thought about taking Zay flowers here at 14. Um, Cause dude, the, the Patriots need some weapons in a bad way for sure. Yep. But um, I had them taking Lucas Van Ness. Something about this guy just screams Patriot to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Patriot or Steeler? Uh, That's funny. I almost took him with the Steelers. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it, it's He's w- one of these guys that's a little harder to judge because Iowa's weird and they really like play people based on their like seniority more so than their talent. So he rotated in a lot, but he was just a monster when he did. He kind of reminds me of like uh, TJ Watt a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, Bill Belichick's still a defensive minded guy. So I figure he might go after one of the top edge rushers left here. Yeah, it certainly makes sense. I went the, your former thought and I had them taking Quentin Johnston okay. at 14. Um, just because he's the biggest receiver in the draft. And I think, uh, you know, I know they got uh TikTok boy. Um, <laughs> I forgot they got him. Uh, Juju, but uh, yeah, I just think you know, enough's enough. Time to let let Mac cook. So uh, of course we had a little bit of technical difficulties, so we had to do a little camera angle change. Um, but that being said, we'll just kind of move on here. And I need to get my headphones on. I <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, jumping uh, back into the Packers pick here at fifteen. Yes. So after the. After the Patriots made their wide receiver selection, the Packers are going to make their wide receiver selection, and I have them taking USC receiver Jordan Addison to go along Ooh. with the big man Christian Watson, Mr. Touchdown Machine. Uh, give Jordan Love another little weapon to throw to. A little, uh, little F you to Aaron Rodgers as he's <laughs> on his way out the door. They finally draft that receiver, but just in time for Aaron Rodgers to leave and go to New York. I love it. Yeah, I, I could totally see them doing that for sure. Um, I have them doing the same concept, but with a tight end in Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good... I, I think he can be their Zach Ertz, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. When I watched uh, Dalton's tape, I was like, why do I keep thinking of Zach Ertz watching him? And 
that's like NFL.com's comparison and like a bunch of other people thought the same thing. So it's just, it's weird. Like you watch enough football and like sometimes you just watch someone and it instantly reminds you of another player Mm -hmm. Uh, that's been really, I mean, Zach Ertz has had a phenomenal career. He's, and it's similar in the way that like uh, this guy is going to be much more of a pure receiving threat. I mean, he can block, but like, it's like kind of a Jimmy Graham thing. Like you, you want him to be blocking less than a guy like Gronk or, like Darnell Washington, if someone were to take him. Right. And then uh, speaking of Darnells, I have the Washington Commanders. This one was kind of tough for me. Um, I had them taking Darnell right with the idea in mind that he would move inside to guard um, because that was one of their main needs and he was the best like offensive lineman available. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of lose my my footing when I talk about offensive linemen, to be honest, because like I didn't play the position. I don't really know shit technically about yeah. I, all I know is like, you know, centers are normally smaller and tackles are huge, but mm-hmm. um, there, there's some flexibility there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I went a little different uh, with the commander's pick. I actually, this is where I finally had Devin Witherspoon being drafted. Oh, I he forgot. Fell, yeah. He fell all the way down to the commanders. Um, they need to. I looked at their cornerbacks before I made this pick, and I didn't recognize any of their names. So I was like, "All right, you're taking a cornerback." Yeah, I forgot um, you hadn't taken him until this point. But yeah, I mean, they would they would have to be stoked if he fell all the way to him. At 15, and you know, I almost 16. took him at 13 for the Jets to add another piece with uh, Sauce and uh, DJ, DJ Reed. Reed, but. I just, uh, I don't know. I I think the Jets are fine on defense. I think they've been fine for years on defense. Yeah. As my whole life of watching football, they've had a good defense, but they've always had a bad offense. So, and quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, all right, it's time to change that narrative. Their best quarterback, I mean, besides Geno Smith in the last 10 years, um, is Fitzmagic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, kind of easily, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have, we have the commanders going Devin Witherspoon and then this was kind of a fun pick. Uh, I have the Steelers taking Joey Porter Jr. Ah. Uh, and I did this because I could totally see the Rooney family or I don't even know if they're alive still anymore, but, or whoever is, I obviously it's their family, but yeah, who's ever in the ownership or owner's seat of that franchise. I could totally see them being like, let's get the next generation Porter. And that that's what being a Steelers like I could just Steelers being a Steelers all about tradition. Yeah, I could see them taking him and they need a cornerback like it just makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it, it makes so much sense that I did the same thing. So I, I also have them. Taking <laughs> I Joey saw Porter that. I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just it, it's just one of those things. It's like you almost feel like it has to happen and it'll be almost be disappointing if it doesn't because it's a what a cool opportunity to draft the son of a Steelers legend, you know? That if I was a Steelers fan, I would hope that they would do that. Like if I yeah. was cuz he's a good player too. Yeah, like, and it's it, not just a, you know, nepotism thing. He's actually a really good player. Well, like I think about like Marvin Harrison Jr., like when oh, he enters yeah. the draft, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm like, I hope we draft him. That would be awesome. He's probably going to be a top 5 pick next yeah. year, I bet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have the Steelers taking Porter. You obviously do as well. Who'd you, who'd you nab at uh, 18? 
I had the Lions uh, just continuing to bolster their D-line here, taking Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is a disruptive pass rusher, and you know having him and Aiden Hutchinson on the same line on third down, like that's going to be tough to stop. And I had them kind of taking a swing at the fences with Richardson at six overall. Um, but the way I see it with them, like – I, I saw that there was an opportunity here to like keep hitting that defense and also get their QB of the future. And like, you, you can make an argument that we should do something similar. We parallel a lot of the Lions' tendencies within yeah. the past couple seasons, I've noticed. Um, been a lot of comparisons with, you know, maybe we're a little bit further along than we thought we were on offense. And they're not as far as they thought they were on defense sort of a thing. So, and then you get their great offense and our defense that isn't, you know, amazing. Uh, but uh, well, granted it's not good, but we're, we are, we are (laughs) going to add and have added all of these pieces to get back to form. Yeah. Previous Seahawks teams. Who'd you have the Lions taken? So, blockbuster trade alert. Ooh. I had the Lions trading this pick to the Cardinals for Buda Baker and the 180th oh. pick in the draft. That's interesting. Buda Baker, 27 years old. He's in his prime. He is going to be an addition to that secondary along with Christian Gonzalez. And yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, that pick seemed expendable kind of yes uh the lions they need i just feel like the the voice of of buda baker in that locker room is like perfect for that defense that would make them kind of scary to have because gonzalez is a playmaker and so is buda baker like it's it if we when we play them next year it's not gonna be 48 45 again no 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 no. and uh i yeah just something about you know the cardinals again they need to they need to bolster up their... They need to rebuild, essentially. Well, on one side of the ball. I mean, yeah, I mean, it depends I mean, on they how do much you Ky- believe in Murray, I guess. Yeah, and I just... I guess I, I... Kyler Murray is a... He's a talented player, but... I mean, I don't know. I That's kind of why I had Arizona going defensive side of the ball on, on both pick three and pick 18. I have them drafting Brian Breesey tackle out of Clemson okay uh again I kind of just made that pick with the intention of all right well you want to build trenches and then work your way back on defense and that's actually kind of suck for us to have to play against Will Anderson and Brian Breesey yeah and so (laughs) I I was just trying to go unbiased here give them the best pick um that they would have the opportunity at getting and then at number 19 I have the Bucks taking Will Levis. At oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Will Levis would fall past the Bucks at 19 if he does, because I think if any of the top four quarterbacks, he's most likely the one that's going to take a fall. I agree. I was looking at every other team after the Bucks, and I was like, well, I maybe the Vikings. I've seen that in a couple mocks, but... Mm. I just I don't see any teams that need a quarterback besides those two yeah, I mean, that are left at 19. You're getting on. into like the playoff teams at that point. Right, basically. right. So it, it makes sense. So I at 19 had the Bucks taking Brian Branch, uh, top safety prospect out of Alabama, simply because mm-hmm. it's a need for them. And he's a he's a damn good player. Um, yeah, there's really not a whole lot more that went into than than that. 
Bucks are in a weird situation post Tom Brady where they're, they're a little uh, cap strapped and just kind of in a little bit of like purgatory right now until mm-hmm. they find their, their path forward. So Will Levis definitely makes sense there too. Just yep. in my draft, he was gone a long time ago. Then at number 20, our second pick, uh, this is again, something I really hope that happens. And I, I think this one is a lot less likely to happen. Um, but I have the Seahawks taking Zay flowers here at 20. I think Zay flowers, you know, he's, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's about five ten, five eleven, buck 80 something. Um, but man, he, he just, he plays so much bigger than that. When, when you watch his film, like he, he's, he's kind of like golden Tate in the, the sense that he's not a tall guy, but he's a big jump ball winner and contested catch winner. And <clears throat> his route running is just fucked. And I think the Seahawks, oddly enough are in win now mode right now and getting this guy right away as our wide receiver three with Lockett and Metcalf is going to make the offense so much more dangerous. And he's kind of potentially Lockett replacement three years down the line. I do really like this pick. I would be so stoked if we got Zay flowers. Uh, One of the reasons is because I actually heard again, Steve Smith talk about Zay flowers and reporting on the fact that he saw himself and more in Zay Flowers. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Steve Smith was one of like the most hot-headed, scariest guys on the field yeah. all the time. I feel like if him and Doug Baldwin that, were kind of similar players. Yeah, if if Steve Smith Steve Smith just kind of scared me yeah. watching football growing up and like he won if some we have of those guy, fights he would get in on the field. If he if he's saying Zay Flowers is anything in that realm uh, then yeah, let's get him because the best Seahawks teams are the teams that have the bad boys on them and the and the guys that are you know not gonna care if they put themselves and their well being on the line for their their brothers. You yeah, know what I mean? and I think you know adding him to the mix with Lockett and Metcalf that might be the best three receiver set the Seahawks have ever had. I, I yeah. maybe that sounds like exaggeration, but I don't really think it is, you know, no, I, cause I mean, I was never satisfied with Jer- Jermaine curse's performances. No. Like Baldwin from, was a, from a singular season standpoint, like yeah. curse always had stretches where it's like, where are you? You disappeared. Yeah. He just and could Baldwin, not get separation. A lot of times. Although like when we had Baldwin, Sidney rice, Golden uh, Tate, Golden Tate, that was, that was So, like, that was a really talented trio, but, like, I feel like they didn't produce at the level that, like, Metcalf and Lockett already have. And I think think Zay can get 800 yards his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, I don't... uh... I don't disagree with that. Um, I actually have, I had fun with this one. So I actually make a trade. I traded this pick away to the uh, commanders. I traded this. Noah Fant and next year's third for Chase Young. Okay. No idea if that is like a reason. I, I don't I, think, I don't know how I think if anything, that's skewed in the commander's favor. Like I feel like we maybe wouldn't throw in the third next year for that. I trade. had to. I didn't think I should have, but mm. the 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 fucking simulator wouldn't do it if i didn't do that trade so i did it and well, he's a more talented player than any other defensive lineman that's left at this point so um, it, if you're thinking about like okay he's our 20th pick it makes sense plus we i don't need, really i don't really feel like we need Noah fan to be honest we don't and i 
made that trade with the intention of maybe drafting a tight end later because this is a tight end. Oh, heavy, this is heavy like class. a really good tight end class. Yeah. So that was that was kind of my in, intention with making that decision. And if we had Jalen Carter and Chase Young to our defensive line, we Bless now have Uchenna. one of the best defensive Bless. lines in the NFC West, if not the NFC. Yeah. So yeah, that. We still got and that nose Draymond tackle Jones. to fill. Yes. <laughs> so it's like now we have an amazing defensive line with those two additions. Um, and then so we get Chase Young and then the Commanders once again add another guy to their secondary, Cam Smith. So I have them taking two top corners. Um, and I, I just see it. They need them real bad. And again, this was mainly due to... I I was like, who is on the commander's defense besides Chase Young? Like, I don't know any commander's players. Uh, and I didn't know anyone in their secondary, of course. Um, so that's why I went uh, with another corner. I know it's a little bit of a stretch going two corners for one team in the first round, but could really make a difference. It's a premium position, so yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it's like weird process, actually. It's unusual, but mm-hmm. I mean... I wouldn't hate it if I was a Commanders fan, um, especially because Chase Young hasn't really panned out for them to this point, and it's largely due to injury. But mm-hmm. anywho, uh, moving on to the Chargers at 21, I have them taking Deontay Banks, cornerback. Um, I just saw that that was a need for them. Um, I feel like if Zay Flowers gets past us, there's a decent chance he's taken by the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need a cornerback in a bad way. Um, I think J.C. Jackson is on their team, but he didn't really play that great last year. But maybe they get him to rebound. They have Deontay Banks on the other side and uh, help Herbert get his career record over 500, hopefully. Uh, and then <laughs> Good mo- luck with that one. <laughs> Moving on to the Ravens. So I know they just signed OBJ, but... Frankly, I I don't get the fucking OBJ hype at this point in his career. He hasn't put up a thousand yards since like 2018 or something like that. Uh, he's coming off two ACL tears. He's like 31. Like, sure, he might be productive this year, but he hasn't played football since the Super Bowl in 2022, <laughs> the beginning of yeah. the year. So I have them taking Jordan Addison here. Um, Hopefully, giving Lamar another weapon makes him sign his fucking contract and just, oh, poor boohoo, you guy. You you're you have to sign a $200 million guaranteed contract. Like, I'm sorry. I don't fucking feel sorry for you. Like, also, what are you doing, Lamar Jackson? Why are you, like, recruiting a bunch of old receivers to get paid yeah. <laughs> when you want to get paid? Like, none of it makes sense. I just, I just think it's fucking ridiculous because, like, like, unless they're actually offering him something, like, insulting. Like, if you're getting over, like, $180 million guaranteed, what human being is like, no, to that? Like, just at what point are we just getting dumb here about these quarterback contracts? Like, how much fucking money does one person need? Anyways, that aside, who'd you have the Ravens and Chargers taken? Well, yeah, so I realized I should have made my Chargers pick, and but didn't. Um, so I had them drafting Lucas Van Ness to go alongside with Mr. Joey slow talking 
deep voice Bosa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have them getting another edge rusher because their defense was extremely disappointing last year. I thought it was going to be one of the best in the league. Yeah. Arguably I mean, put them in the Super Bowl conversation, but we they, had their way with the them. Chargers charged it and uh, they sucked. So yeah. they need to improve that defense. Uh, clearly Khalil Mack and his addition to the team didn't really make that big of an impact as far as winning them games and being a difference maker on that side of the ball. It happens a lot when you sign aging veterans like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at 22, I had, uh, I actually had the Ravens. I had them taking a corner. Uh, I saw them taking corners in a lot of mocks. Um, Keely Ringo, specifically out of Georgia, okay. is who I had uh, the Ravens taking. And this was just, again, uh, kept seeing mocks of them taking corners it was a it was a draft need so i just went with uh who i thought you know corner out of georgia made sense to me yeah why don't you just go ahead and do the next and the vikings yeah so uh for 23rd pick i went brian branch safety for the vikings i made that pick with the thought in mind that you know harrison smith he's got to be getting older he's he's been been in the league for more than 10 years now right yeah so yeah i went and that was also a a draft need for them and it makes sense branch probably should have gone higher than that so i see the vikings being pretty excited with that pick especially because their defense let them down last year yeah i did i mean you lost to fucking daniel jones and made him look like you basically are the reason why he got paid 40 million a year yeah so (laughs) good job yeah there's like nothing more that needs to be said beyond that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So who you got the Vikings grabbing? I had them taking Brian Breesy right, right. out of Clemson. Uh, this guy was the number one cr- recruit in the nation coming out of high school. He's, he's a talented player um, off the field. Tragic things have prevented him from being super productive, but you know, I think if he falls this far, he could really, really be a good pickup for them and just again, help out with their defense. So they don't lose to fucking Daniel Jones again. Um, then, uh, for the Jaguars, uh, they had kind of a sneaky, good defense last year. I know Trayvon Walker didn't make a ton of noise, but you know, he's always been kind of seen as like, you know, even for a guy that was taking number one overall, like a little bit of a project, Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he takes a leap in year two, but pairing him with, uh, this super, super talented edge rusher, Nolan Smith, um, ran a four, three, nine as a pass rusher. That's, that's rare. I know his knock is he's not very big. That's yeah, his like, only, he's a little bit less than 240 pounds. So, you know, yeah. he's not much bigger than DK Metcalf, but um, he was pretty dang productive in school and actually for his size, he was a pretty good run defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I feel like worst case scenario with this guy, you put him on the field, like he's Daryl Taylor on third and long and just let him run by the tackle and get a sack. I mean, that's kind of Daryl Taylor is a little bit of a one trick pony, but he's really good at that. And mm-hmm. I think worst case scenario, that's what you have here. Nolan Smith, best case scenario. Um, he's a guy I thought about taking, uh, for the Seahawks at 20. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I, I think he could really, really be something special. In the there league. was a mock where I ended up nabbing him in, I think, the second round. Oh, really? Seahawks. Yeah. I'd be surprised. If he I don't think that. that's going to happen. Well, that's the thing. Like, you look at our two drafts here, and there's some players you have going in the first that I don't, and vice versa. Like, th- there's not a 
compared to a lot of years, there's not a huge consensus on who's a first round pick, who's an early second round pick, you know? Exactly. So who do you have the uh, Jaguars take? I have them also taking a corner. So it's been a secondary a pick of the secondaries, the the past couple picks. But uh, Deontay Banks, corner out of okay. Maryland. I had him um, going a little bit ago, but yeah. Yeah, I just, again, uh, I kind of noticed the Jags defense really coming on la- at the end of last year. And I actually had them upsetting the Chiefs in the playoffs, which they, they almost, almost did. They yeah. almost did. It was close. Um, And I don't know. I just, I look at that Jags team. I've always been a big fan of Doug Peterson. Um, I really wanted us to hire him as our OC two years ago, but I'm I'm happy with Shane Waldron and and what he's done for us this past year, but uh, yeah, Deontay Banks another corner to bolster up that Jag defense. Uh, I think they're doing just fine as far as their offensive weapons go. Believe it or not, even though I was like, why are they overpaying all these mid receivers? But but then they kind of did good. Then like, they did good, and Evan weird. Ingram went off. So you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and then uh, at 25. I just am so not a believer in Daniel Jones still. I mean, I don't care that he made his money. Uh, I have them taking the dog in Zay Flowers. Oh, okay. Another weapon. uh, Go alongside Darren Waller and Wondell Robinson. Um, I mean, that would, like, I I feel like he's not falling further. Some people say he's going to be a second-round pick. I don't think so. Yeah, I I disagree. He's, like, in the mid to late 30s projection-wise as far as picks go. No, I I don't even know if I really have him falling this low um, because I could see us taking him. But if he's there at 25, the Giants need receivers. Because Kenny Kenny Galladay was not the answer. Yeah. Boy, was he not. (laughs) I had the Giants uh, taking Broderick Jones, a tackle you had going a bit earlier out of Mm -hmm. Georgia. Um, I just think, you know, it's it's offensive line is a need for them. And helping Daniel Jones out in another way besides just a weapon here was sort of sort of my thought. Right. Um, Hopefully they can figure out the Saquon situation because he hasn't signed his uh, franchise tag and Mm -hmm. is apparently refusing to without getting a new contract, which see, the thing is, like, I get it from his standpoint because, you know, one hit your career's over at running back. Uh, But look at how that worked out for Le'Veon Bell. Like it's it's. Yeah. If he drags it into the season, I'm just like, dude, you're missing paychecks that like you don't get back as Mm -hmm. a running back. So. Quick aside on that. Um, moving on, I had the Cowboys. Uh, this, Looking back, I feel like he's going to go earlier than this, but I had the Cowboys getting Bijan Robinson. Uh, that seems like a very Cowboys move. Yeah, and man, he, he would be a superstar there. He'd make Dak look a lot better. I promise you that. Well, um, Zeke did. Zeke yeah. already did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this guy is a much better player than Zeke. I, I, I mean, Zeke was great to start off his career, but I think uh, Bijan's ceiling is much higher than, than Zeke's was, personally. I uh, think Zeke already had a lot of miles on his legs in college. Yeah. And then coming out into the NFL. So... Uh, yeah, I like that pick. I think RG3 actually pre- was the first guy I heard predict the Cowboys to take uh, Bijan, mm. which, yeah, I mean, after after hearing that, I was like, yeah, that's definitely I po- could definitely kind possible. of see the Cowboys as a potential trade partner from 20 to 26. Maybe we get 
a second round pick next year or a third this year or something for that trade and they can get Bijan at 20 and then we just take like, I don't know, like a Dewan Jones at 26 or something. Yeah. I've thought about that possibility too, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that bad. I would actually be kind of stoked if we did that, but uh, yeah. So at 26, I have the Cowboys getting their next generational talent at tight end, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. You know, to me, Jason Witten is the comp for Michael Mayer, so that kind of makes That's a lot of sense. That's funny you say that, because I actually did watch some Michael Mayer. Uh, I was watching Michael Mayer and uh, Kincaid because they're kind of the same build, I guess. They're both they're like tight ends that go yeah. out and pat, catch the ball. Yeah. It's kind of the I same think, style I think Mayer's a little thicker than, than yeah. Kincaid, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, so I had Dalton Kincaid going there. The pick just made sense to me. Like you said, reminded me of a, of a Jason Witten-looking player. Uh, and then at 27, I actually... Wait, did you have the Cowboys taking Kincaid or Mayer? Michael Mayer. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you had Kincaid going early, didn't you? Yeah, I had him going to the Packers. Right. Um, and at 27, I had Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of Clemson, mm. going to the Bills. And the reason for this pick is because, remember... They I've, lost that guy to the Bears, their their linebacker that they used to have in free agency this year. I don't remember his name, but he was really good. And he went to the Bears. I honestly didn't make this pick with that in mind, but that's good to know. Um, <laughs> I thought about the Bengals playoff game when Joe Mixon just ran all over them and oh, yeah. did whatever he wanted. And the player notes on this linebacker, um, apparently he's all over the field everywhere all at once. So He's someone I hope we can get with our first second round pick potentially if he's there. Yeah, so I have him going to the to the Bills. Nice. I had the Bills taking Emmanuel Forbes, um, top corner available on this uh, big board I was looking at. So I just saw I was in need for them, and you know anything I, with the Bills, I'm thinking defense. Um, you could maybe think about them making a play for Bijan, but I feel like the way their offense works, running backs just never really get that many carries for whatever reason. Um, you know, I could see them maybe going after a receiver too, but I just had them going defense because that's a big reason why they haven't advanced in the playoffs the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next pick, the Bengals at 28, I believe. I had them taking Michael Mayer here because I feel like this is probably as far as he'll fall. And also, it's a need for the Bengals and it just makes sense, you know, and like. Think about that dynamic of having this, you know, plug and play potential pro bowl or tight end with T Higgins and Jamar chase, mm-hmm. Joey B slinging the rock to him. I mean, it'd be fun. And he also is a decent pass blocker, so he can help out with uh, that angle as well. I like that pick. I think I, I almost made that or maybe I did make that pick in like a random first round draft I was doing. Cause I think the Bengals are going to take a tight end. That's why they didn't re-sign Hayden Hurst. Yeah. And I actually have them taking Darnell Washington. Oh, okay. Uh, Reason being for this, he's such a different type of pass catcher than what the Bengals already have. They have speed, speedy quick, Jamar Chase. They have big-bodied T. Higgins, but if you throw in a big target like Darnell Washington in there, like... Hello, that's going to make the Bengals impossible to defend. Yeah, this guy, when he steps on the field, he's going to be one of the biggest players on either team. And know? for pass blocking purposes, he can help 
their fucking quarterback who's already torn his ACL once because you can't get the guy protection. So it's like, yeah, yeah, bring in Darnell Washington. He can pass block. He can run block. He can go out, catch a pass, and or just be a decoy so you can get Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, or Jamar Chase wide open. So I really think that that Darnell Washington pick would be perfect for the Bengals. I, I like it. And also just, you know, if you think like in the red zone, if you split them out wide against like a linebacker that's Good like luck. six foot tall, how is he going to defend a fade route, you know, like besides just trying yeah. the PI and getting away with it? Yeah, you, you're pretty much not going to have success there. And then at 29, I have the Saints taking Dalton Kincaid. Okay, uh, so it's a real run on tight ends here on your Yeah, it went, it pretty much went corner for a while and then tight end for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, uh Saints another offensive need tight end. Um that's going to give Derek Carr a lot of help. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, I forgot he was he was going there. Ooh, your pick, I actually kind of hope we the Seahawks draft this guy at some point. Oh, like Osiris the, Torrance? Yeah. Yeah, um He's just kind of the consensus number one guard in this class. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the Saints need help on the interior O-line. So I was like, this makes sense. Well, uh, one of one of the player notes I read on Osiris Torrance is the game where they played Alabama or I mean, Georgia. He was like whooping Jalen Carter. Yeah. The whole game. So and have you seen his measurables? He's, He's a big dude. Huge. He's a big dude. So that would be. Him and Damian Lewis, that that'd be a pretty beefy O line. Yeah, uh, um, and then Evan Brown at center, like that's a good stopgap at the least. That's that's a position I will be targeting later in the draft. As yeah. We'll see. Sorry. Anyway, your pick, Saints, Osiris oh, Torrance. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's all good. Uh, yeah. And then the next pick. Uh, so the Saints one was pretty straightforward. It was a need. Top guys right there. You take them. Next pick. If this happens, this would kind of break my heart because this is a player I really. Really want us to get because it's such a big need on our team. Nose tackle, uh, Mozzie Smith going to the Eagles. He's mm -hmm. their Ndamukong Sue replacement. Um, I honestly, because it's such a position of need, I wouldn't hate us drafting him at 20. Um, it'd be kind of overdrafting him, but this guy is the top dog in as far as like the big, huge man in the middle. So we're like, this guy either is going to play defensive tackle in a 4 3 defense, but. Really, he's suited to be a 3-4 nose tackle right mm -hmm. up on the center. Um, we lost Al Woods. Brian Monet is on injured reserve. So I'm hoping we can get one of the nose tackles in this draft. Right. But as I said, this guy's a top dog. And man, the way this draft has played out for me and basically for you too, the Eagles just really just immediately reload that defensive line and are off and running in 2023. I kind of had the same thought process as you, except I went edge rusher um, on this again. I went Isaiah Foskey. Okay. Out of Notre Dame. I, yeah. Um, and again, this was just, he was, I think he was the best available edge left on the board and he's one of those fringe first round guys. I've seen him go mm -hmm. anywhere from late first to early third, but yeah. that's kind of how this draft is. Like there's, yeah, it's all over the place depending on who you ask. Yeah. And then my final pick in the first round, I went with the replacement, uh, tackle that the chiefs lost to the Bengals, the uh, and I just, I had them drafting Darnell Wright, the tackle out of okay. Tennessee. Um, it's going to be, they just won the Super Bowl. I could see the, I, they did this last time they won the Super Bowl, drafting need over best available player. Mm -hmm. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the last draft. Big mistake. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and now... He was good for a second. I, I, I mean, I, I just... Post-Super Bowl, they went with him because they needed a running back. They were pretty much set everywhere else. I could see them doing the same thing this year. They're great everywhere else. They need a tight end. I mean, uh, a tackle mm-hmm. to help protect their $500 million man. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, I was thinking more of a Frank Clark replacement here. So mm-hmm. I And also, I was like, oh, shit, this guy is still around. I need to draft him Oh, somewhere. damn, yeah. Yeah, so I had Miles Murphy closing out the, the first round at 31 there. I kind of, as I got here, I'm like, ah, it's kind of unlikely to happen. But you never know. <laughs> Um, you never know. And, uh, yeah. he could immediately just jump in as a rotational guy at the very least and fill that role that Frank Clark was playing and hopefully put an effort in the season, not just in the playoffs like Frank did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it just made sense. And that's the first round. Yeah. I know this, uh, this was a long one, but it was fun. I know we had <laughs> a few technical errors, but it's a work in progress. We'll at least have this one captured so you can see yeah, us this yeah. time. I'm 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 really excited to get into the lab and uh start clipping this bad boy up and yeah, just just uh getting the content out there because that's really I was really disappointed last week when the basically what happened was we filmed this on with my shitty camera and it, all the files were corrupted <laughs> because if you film anything longer than ten minutes it just loses all the data for some reason. So <laughs> we went with a little bit nicer uh, equipment this time around, and I think we're going to prosper from it. Yeah, and that episode we did last time still kind of did. I don't know. It, the YouTube algorithm must have picked Got it up. 80 it, views. Yeah, which so I know that's not impressive. Views, but, but for us, it's like, I mean, usually we get eight. So that's that's 10 times our normal viewership. So. Yeah, I am excited to see if anything jumps uh, after we post this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that takes us. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah. Last episode that's more than a week out from the draft. So yes, we're we're so close. We might live stream the draft or a little bit of it. Um, I think it'd be really fun. I have the whole day off. I took the day off from work so I can prepare for the draft mentally and physically because I want to, like, cook a bunch of food. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, we might see you there. Uh, We'll actually, we'll have our rounds two and three prediction. Yeah. Probably early next week, and then we'll see you at the draft after that. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. All right. Well, this has been JR Takes. We'll uh, catch you on the next one.